Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very, very special edition uh, from the IB Network. This is the emergency Vince McMahon. That's basically probably fired, but Vince McMahon steps down, retires from WWE. It's the end of an era that actually predates me, which is scary because I'm 43 years old. Sam, how old are you? 36. Yeah, so yeah, predates both of us by a little bit too. Um, I am joined with my co-host Sam Howe, and how did you find out about Vince retiring, and what was your reaction? I saw it on Twitter, and I was not unhappy. I, I'm going to dance on his grave a little. I've said for a while, Vince McMahon is a protagonist from an Ayn Rand book set in the world of wrestling. He made his career, like, did a lot of, he was successful, but his career was spent on providing as little compensation to wrestlers as possible and countless lives ruined. Um, I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that things might change in his absence in terms of the quality of the product, but I'm shocked. And that's the other thing. I was completely shocked that it happened. I, I'm of two minds because as much as I, I play devil's advocate a lot and I do think anti-WWE people online or anti-Vince people, sometimes they're short-sighted because the same things that AEW can do it or other places can do it or the guys that didn't get pushed are darlings, but they don't do anything anywhere else, which Cody Rose would not be an example. But if the WWE doesn't see anything in you, you should be able to catch on somewhere else like Cody Rose did and be successful. And if you have to come back or whatever, make a name for yourself somewhere else, that means he was wrong. But at the same time, I grew up hating him mostly. I'm an NWA kid, even WCW kid, always preferred those. Um, I'm a Ric Flair kid. I rooted for WCW uh, in the wars. When it got better, I just said, hey, it's Vince. So he did his thing. I think his single personality, cult of personality, his strength, his, his personality, who he was held a lot of the business together, even if the ideas um, fell apart, fell apart at the end or whatever, but, and he could still be give you a good WrestleMania, but the fact that you had to go and pitch your idea to Vince, I, in a way that nobody else has ever controlled wrestling, has been as intimidating, and that you had to get over with Vince as dysfunctionally as he is, I think in some ways that strengthened the product because of how many people had to try to impress the big guy. And I think wrestling will be missing that a lot. I think, I don't disagree with you. I think one aspect that will be interesting is part of why WCW fell apart was there was not a singular person that you answered to was that I, I hesitate to say this, but because I actually think that Bishop doesn't get the credit that he deserves, but he ended up being a mark for people like Hulk Hogan. And I think people took advantage of that. Mm. I, I think one thing though, that I would hope to see that I think caused the decline in the recent years was that Vince lost people like pat patterson and vince lost people like Jared. i think there are a lot of people from an era and an older generation who vince respected as quite you know voices that challenged him 
and those got replaced with bobbleheads like Johnny Ace. People just yes men him. And I think that was to the detriment of the product. Um, I've been doing research. I've been rewatching Triple H's uh, 2000 and his 2001. And what struck me is, is that dude is one of the most ambitious human beings to ever be a professional wrestler. And he's kind of running the WWE now. I think that he and Stephanie will be in charge of creative. I think that Nick Khan will handle, you know, she and Nick Khan are the co-CEOs and they're the ones who handle the business aspect. I mean, he'll handle the business aspect. Stephanie will handle the the creative aspect. And, and I, and I guess we could just go straight to that about what the hands the WWE is in. I mean, ultimately Stephanie still has it would seem like the final say with the creative stuff, at least the way it's structured. I don't know. They just named Triple H head of, uh, what is it, VP of talent relations? EVP, yeah. The, this is all, I mean, there's, the, all of this feels, like, obviously this wasn't planned, uh, but the, it, it's, I, I'm staggered by Triple H was skating AEW. They replaced him with Johnny Ace and no one wanted that job. And I can't believe that they had Johnny Ace and they, I'm sorry, I can't believe that they got rid of Triple H or, or, you know, kind of ripped his stripes off and didn't have a replacement in mind. Because in the last year, like Johnny Ace didn't want the job in 2020. The, that, the Vince McMahon basically had to be like, you know, will you take it? And he did. And I mean, now here we are. I, what, I wonder what would have happened had he not, fought, you know, had Triple H stayed in place. Because a lot of this came out, the hush money that Vince was having an affair and that he sort of passed her off to Johnny Ace. Uh, it's just, it's, it's fascinating to me, all of this sort of springs from that decision. I, it's, it's weird. And I guess we can hit this before we really go to the next thing, though, to, to the next generation of what's going to happen next. What on earth, how bad would it have to be for Vince McMahon to actually step down. A couple of weeks ago, or when the news first broke, not only does he go on SmackDown and just says, hey, how are you? Basically to the fans, and they're chanting no chance in hell. He goes and announces maybe a week or two later, I don't know if it was the following Monday or a week or two later, he announces that John Cena is returning. Uh, he, you know, he, he comes out to talk to that. Um, they look defiant. I mean, part of me thought maybe it was a goodbye, but to some of it, is he was defiant and they said to backstage, he says, fuck him. And then today he retires. They probably knew about it Monday. That weird Titus O'Neil speech was almost, in some ways, Jason Gil Martin kind of reminded me, maybe that was a goodbye because it's really weird for Titus O'Neil to ever get really any camera time, but especially in a ring and at the beginning of the show. But how bad, you know, is the skeleton in the closet for him to give it up? Which I never, I thought he had to die. Yeah, I mean, I'm so one I've been banging this drum for a while is that if you are a good person, like you're not a good person, if you're nice to people, you show up on time, you work hard, people generally take care of you. Uh, this man just certainly showed up on time, but not really been nice to people. <laughs> and there, I think the knives were out. I think that they got confirmation of stuff. I mean, if you look at the his, his history with women and the history, the WWE's history of women, just Sonny, 
Sable, China, Ashley Massaro, even if that, you know, comes out that it's not true. Uh, Rita Chatterton, all of these things, all of these accusations that he's had, when you present it as a single narrative, is damning. And I mean, there has not been a, 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 a top level female star prior to 2015 who was not publicly humiliated or abused backstage or both. Uh, you know, even we have people might be like, well, what about Lita and Trish? Well, yeah, Trish barked like a dog and was like supposedly or Trish his, treated like, pretty poorly, at least on camera. And you can say there's a characters, but to me with Vince, <laughs> the stuff he did with women on camera is fireable. It's mm-hmm. like not that even even if those are you could say that's you know comedy or that's not okay back then. That mm-hmm. was never okay the way the women were depicted. I mean, so, and, and and honestly, I I had forgotten about this until I listened to a podcast uh, with Bruce Pritchard about Lita's career. But like, they owe her an engraved apology. Oh yeah, big time. There was that like she retired. I think people forget this. She retired. I know. Well, let me rephrase that. I forgot that she basically retired after the Edge thing because she was the one who was like, I don't think the WWE was, did anything. They were just like, well you know, that's, you're a heel, you're going to get used to that. But it wasn't a normal heel thing. It was her personal life. And she was abused. Yeah. yeah, And and her retirement was that she lost. And then they had crime time, like sell her panties and her sex toys. You know, I do the sex celebration with Ed. She, which she was not comfortable with. And she was not comfortable with it. They basically said she was fired if she didn't do it. Uh, and she had, and he suggested that she actually, to my knowledge, he suggested that she go full naked, not just be bra and panties under there. And, you know, I don't see how that's necessary, but, you know. I, I, I think Vince had, a, a, I, I think that there was, and we saw this, he wanted to, when somebody told him no, that just made him want to do it more. Yeah. And like, I'm not going to get into his personal life, but. Certainly professionally, that seemed to be the case. I think that there, and I think the the coming out and saying fuck them and that kind of thing was a mistake, but it's who he is. He's not somebody, I think that's part of why he and Trump got along was that Vince's re- reaction when somebody comes at him is to fight back. And this was not a case where that worked. Like he really might, like it might have gotten over, like if he had immediately been like, I'm stepping down, I'm stepping back. I'm going to take, you know, I'm, I'm going to, going to lay low for a little while and let it blow over. But by coming out and doing that, I think everyone's response was just like, like anybody who would have come after him, just like, well, fuck you. This isn't like, this isn't over. We're going to keep coming. And I think that was, you know, kind of the thing that made Vince Vince was also why he couldn't survive this. Honest to God, I think he's got to be I mean, the only thing I can think of is he's just literally shitting on women against their will. Like he's the majority of state shareholder, CEO, chairman of the board. I don't think he could be legally like made to leave. So I I don't know what he could do. That's so bad. I feel like he could survive 20 women. Maybe the stock price would plummet so bad. And I think you watch Succession, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what he could do 
that would be enough to make any and the weird thing is he survived me too and if i'm correct me if i'm wrong the like the wrestling reckoning of me too kind of after like yep. significantly after so it was, wrestling, it was 2020 yeah so wrestling had their me too or speak out or whatever and he survived that and there were no allegations that were public against him and now the the crux of these allegations are affairs even though it's it's pretty clear that uh christy hemi seems like is one of the uh ones that got a i mean she signed an nda but maybe the one that maybe gave oral sex once and Mm -hmm. this is from piecing together and did refused after and was fired um you have that referee from way back when that the same allegation came up but i i with the with a man that views women the way he does what you hear backstage or what you see creatively, it it's surprising that he even lasted this long, even in something as misogynist as wrestling, when you're talking about a publicly traded company. I, you know, I have to be honest, I was a little suspicious during speaking out when there was nothing about him or uh, Johnny Ace or really any high level WWE people. And I think that spoke to the power that he still had in the industry. And I think that people didn't, I think that there was just this idea that you weren't ever going to get rid of him. And even if you do, I don't think that somebody like Stephanie McMahon is going to like, do you, you still remember the 9-11, the very famous 9-11 speech that she gave? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think that like, she's never going to forgive these women who she sees as having like pushed her father out. Mm-hmm. So, so she was very I, emotional tonight. So yeah, she was very emotional when she gave her a little speech tonight. And, and I think that she always ultimately wanted to take the company over. Like, I think that's kind of her dream, but I don't think she wanted it like this. Not yet. And, I think she wanted him to on his own terms or, you know, you don't want it on death, but it's a natural to take over someone's company when they die. You know, if you're their child, and, and or make his decision i mean the other thing that's kind of weird to me and not weird to me but like that i thought about for a while is that uh vince is very close to my mother's age like i think they're within a month of each other mm-hmm. and like i love my mom very much but she's not somebody at this point that i would have like running a being the ceo of a wrestling company and like i actually and i say that with like that there was a point where i probably you know and she was not somebody with multiple traumatic brain injuries and a uh history of cocaine use <laughs> so but he's so he's always had this superhuman element about him from his aura to the ability to convince people to his physique even his age you know still now there's all it's not sleeping there's always been something mythical but it's mythical because these people were around he's not the first powerful wrestling promoter you know right but he's the only one that people have a maybe Bill Watts just a tiny bit, but that's like cowboy mythology. But there's a mythology around his traits and his, you know, so some of that he's pretty. I have a 74 year old friend, it's one of my best friends, and he's pretty sharp. I don't know if he could run a company like that, but I think Vince has been doing it so long he could do it in his sleep. But I don't know how he did the day to day CEO stuff with the business deals and all that. I mean, that's an advanced age, even though our damn president is about that age. But 
Well, um, I, mean, I would also point out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some problems. Not a good example. You've got to. Uh, yeah. I just like you to pull it out. But yeah, uh, the last two presidents have been pretty old and there's been some cognitive decline, if we're being honest. Um, I think he, but he just seems so virile and together. Even wrestling, as bad as it was, he was at WrestleMania fighting. He is still <laughs> been on, he's still been on camera. The McAfee show was a long interview, that podcast, and he was still pretty aware and alert, you know? I, I don't, and it's not that, like, he's not doddering. Like, I don't want to seem like I'm crapping on my mom either. Like, the, but it's the kind of thing where, like, it's just, like, the energy level that he yeah, had um, is that, you know, like, like, the kind of, like, and the way that he was, where he was, like, not sleeping and running 20 hours a day. You know, like, like that was the whole legendary thing. And I think that that kind of stuff sort of caught up with him in terms of the creative stuff at the end. And, and it, it's, it, it is a interesting, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, I, I think that he, I don't, I, I, one thing that I think is that he would not have left. I think it's very important to him that his family is the, the, the like that somebody for with the last name of mcmahon yeah was keeping keeping it up because uh i think that he he wants it to be a family-owned company and that's why i've never bought like the oh they'll sell like maybe, i never thought that but i never thought he retired but selling is a little bit different the i mean selling yeah i mean i, I could have seen him retiring at some point if he the the legacy was secured this is obviously i mean it, it is just shocking to me that so many people, I mean, I, I, I always, you know, sort of Nick Khan seemed like a business successor, but anybody in the wrestling side had been eliminated at this point. I mean, who, you know, like it, it, there was a point where you would have said Stephanie and Triple H would take over, but, you know, Stephanie and, and with Trevor Dame pointed this out on uh, Twitter, but Stephanie, between Stephanie, Bruce Pritchard and Triple H, like, that's not a great history of heart health. That's, um, that's true. And, uh, you know, I, I don't say this to be morbid, and I don't say this because as somebody who adored uh, the NXT with the Triple H ran, I am would love Triple H to take over creative. I would love to get the kind of, like, the and, and I know, you know, I don't know if, you, I, I think that you pretty publicly said you didn't watch NXT, but uh, I tried to watch NXT many times and I couldn't get into it. But the but I think that Triple H is a NWA fanboy, mm-hmm. and I think that the the sensibility uh, I would be interested. I'm interested to see what he does in terms of creative. I you know I don't know. Well, I guess he's not in charge of creative, is he? He's the no, he's, he, uh, I know it's like the old Jim Ross job. Now, I know some of them will spill over and he'll have influence, but it'll be interesting to who Stephanie relies on. You got Paul Heyman, who still has pull, who doesn't have an official title. Um, <laughs> I don't know how she feels about Eric Bischoff and bringing somebody. She's going to have to bring in people that know what they're doing. Uh, we talked about on the page about she personally fired uh, Bruce Pritchard last time. Uh, Laura Nitis is gone. You got 87 writers. Nice. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how she views it, but I'm not as, I'm not I don't think Triple H would be awful, but I just don't think I think a lot of the spectacle, and I, and I think the thing about Vince 
is to me, he got the big stuff right. You know, all up and down the card usually sucked. Not sucked or was mediocre. But the WrestleMania main event, that storyline was pretty good. That was magical. Right now, you got Roman Reigns, even the man's part-time. That's been really good. Now, everything else, you know, but he usually gets the top right. But, or the main storyline or, you know, but I, I, it, it was where he lost touch with seeing guys that had potential. He used to be able to see a guy like, I don't know, Kurt Angle or even Benoit, you know, somebody he didn't, he wouldn't normally go with a Kurt Angle, a Benoit, a Chris Jericho. And again, against some of his wishes and not hold that guy out that long, put him through his paces. But in this day and age, he, he might miss one of those guys that came through. And he almost missed Daniel Bryant. You almost had to have a, 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 a you know, a, a mass protest. You did have mass protesting of crowds to get him to, to take Daniel Bryan off. And I, I still don't, I think that if CM Punk hadn't left, that wouldn't have happened. I, I, I and one, I, I think actually Roman Reigns is the first time where Vince seemed not, I mean, out of touch is not the right term, but I think that he seemed massively out of touch. Like that he was not, you know, is the Seymour Skinner, like, am I so out of touch? Like, no, it's the children who are wrong. And his unwillingness to accept that the fans did not want you know, the I go back to the rock is what I think of where he was like, Oh, the fans aren't buying this. So why don't we, you know, they want to boo this guy. Why don't we give them what they want? Yeah. And, and with Roman, he was just like determined to, to fit this square peg in a round hole. And it's just like, this isn't what's going to work. And, and it, he did it for like, and I, I don't even know, like if Roman had hadn't been like, Hey, I want to turn heel. Like, would it have happened? And, and I, you know, you talked about getting the big stuff right. I think that that was the point where a lot of people turned on the company because he got the different thing that Eric Bischoff didn't, which is during the Attitude Era, even during the time where the, the matches, you know, like going back and rewatching like 98 and 99 is not like it, it is not does not hold up as well as you might think. And some of that is because, but it, it, it's remembered so fondly because the Austin McMahon stuff does and it's fire and that worked. And so you could have a card that was like the Godfather wrestling, the road dog for the intercontinental title. <laughs> and, and like, which I, I'm sure at some point happened and, and was fine because you had Steve Austin, just white hot doing amazing stuff with the rock. And that was enough. And, and, Bischoff would do you know these amazing undercards and then you would have Hulk Hogan wrestle this chicken wire cage match with Roddy Piper and it just it it was a bad taste at the end of the night and I remember uh in I'm trying to remember the that there was a point where Roman wrestled AJ Styles and I it was a great match up until Roman made his comeback. And I just remember it was an overall great show. And this is 2017, maybe 2018. And I just remember the, just being like, fuck this show. And it was a great show overall. It was just that I was so unhappy with the ending that I'm, you know, was not, and Vince got that for so long and then he didn't. And it, and it was that he was so out of touch with that. It was just a little, a little surprising. And, and that's, it's weird. It, 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 for so long, 
it was just stale. And there have been times where I stopped watching over the last 10 years. I think there have been three really big gaps where I kind of stopped watching. And it, it, he, like, even with CM Punk, he didn't understand it, but he could identify it. But guys like mm-hmm. Dolph Ziggler or something like that, where somebody that you see is on the way up and coming and just kind of stalled and just kind of like didn't, he he didn't see it anymore. He didn't, I don't know. And, and a lot of it, I think, too, I think if you listen to the podcast of Pritchard and Cornette about how it used to be right before the Attitude Era and part of the Attitude Era, it's just Vince in his kitchen table or his living room, dining table, whatever, or his dining room table. Or by the pool, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or or by the pool. It's Vince, Russo, unfortunately, at some point, Cornette, and Pritchard, and Pat. And they're just shooting ideas. Now you have all these writers, and it's so... I'm not sure the corporate process is... I'm not sure the writing and creative process is supposed to be that muddled. And so by the time you have that many hands and that many people with their hands in it, I think it dilutes the product. And I think a lot of what's going on is him trying to expand it when it wrestling traditionally, when it's worked, it's only been in the hands of a few people when you're talking about writing and what what shouldn't be called writing, you're booking. And I think that format and that taking the control away from the wrestlers to cut their own promos and and uh, taking stifling their creativity, which is a lot of what AEW guys complain about, you know, and then sometimes it's bad on the other side. But I think a lot of that's what really hurt it. So you brought up two really good points that I wanted to, to bounce off of. And one of those is I think that Vince fell prey to something that I learned about the first year at Temple was that I had to take a class uh, uh, for the media film and arts film and media arts degree, where we went to a speech by a guy who wrote a book about Michael Eisner, the D- Disney CEO at the time, mm-hmm. and the guy talked about how Eisner basically fell out because he started to believe his own hype, and he didn't want to accept that there are people who helped him, and that he started to to get high sort of on his own supply, and thought, well, I can do everything, and I think that was part of Vince's problem, which was that. Vince was at his best where somebody would come to him with an idea and he would be able to hear three or four ideas and go, okay, that's the best one. And if we do this, it'll be even better. And I I think Vince got way too into controlling everything. You're right. And I think being so rigid, like, yeah, there are some guys, like I think Randy Orton does better with a promo. I think he's even admitted it where he, he has a written promo that is line for line that he memorizes. And there's some guy that that's guys that that's perfect for, but there are other guys like somebody like punk that's not perfect for. And when you have that, you find the guys who it's good for and you do that. And then you have the guys you don't need it for. And you do that. And I think that Vince was not willing to do that. And, and it's when he got to be, you know, why well, I can come up with these ideas from whole cloth. It's like, no, man, you're not good at that. That is not your strong yeah. suit. And if you look at through the history of wrestling and you listen to a lot of podcasts and read books and everything, the only idea, and it's a hell of an idea, but we're talk, also talking about like 80 years. I'm not, I'm exaggerating. The only idea that's a Vince McMahon idea that is like, like you know, stock a barrel, great idea is The Undertaker. Uh, Million Dollar Man, I think was his. 
And that's still, is that is that like an all-time great main event idea though? It's good, I mean, but like, it's not, you know, it's not like the all-time, it's not, I don't think that, you feel like that's an all-time great wrestling idea? I, I mean, I, I, I would argue- It's good. That the Mr. Man character was him. And he was, and, and you know, you could say that that was forced by the Montreal screw job, but he was doing it in Memphis in like that's 94. Himself, I, I mean, I'll give you that, but that's for himself. For yeah. someone else, to get, you know what I mean? To, as a person, or even if we give him those two, but I mean, that's for himself. It's still for himself. And I don't know. But and even, and even the understanding. And even the main man was for himself. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, well, he always, yeah, he said that with the, but I think that the the gimmick with The Undertaker is it's the same thing as when you have, and, and this is going to be a weird comparison, Vince McMahon is kind of the Stan Lee of wrestling, where, yeah, Stan Lee created the X-Men, and even then, you know, and and Spider-Man and stuff, and he did it with other people. After, yeah. And, but the things that, like, yes, The Undertaker, the the basis of that was The Undertaker, but Mark Calloway added so much to that character, oh, yeah. Bruce Pritchard, and and so I think that wrestling is to Mark Calloway and casting it, so to speak, I think was a good, <laughs> you know that that it, to see that and Mark Calloway after looking at what was it, me, Mark Callis, me, uh, yeah, that, that's that's pretty. That was good on Vince's part, even though he didn't even want to meet with them. But once he saw him and he gave him the idea, that was good. But my point overall remains is that he's not. Mr. Ideas, you know, right? Like you said, he's the guy that sits in a room, brainstorms, takes a little bit of this. They used to say this about, and this is, I guess, this is probably racist, but also the uh, another company used to say it too. But they used to say when I was a kid, the Japanese didn't create ideas. I don't know if it's true or not, but they took the ideas that you had and made them better. And then some companies said that, but that's what they used to say in the '80s. It's probably jingoistic or whatever. So I'm not yeah. saying that's true. I'm just saying. That's what Vince McMahon is. The stereotype of the 80s Japanese company. <laughs> the, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, that, sounds, that sounds familiar. And uh, I think that's true. And, and it's, you know, the, there's a, it, I get it, why Vince, and he even resisted, honestly, longer than you would have expected for a guy who really destroyed any national competition that he had. Yeah. The, and this is a Richmond thing, but I think you'll get it. And one of the first like signs like, oh, Vince is losing it a little bit was that he didn't crush AEW. And, you know, he, he went head to head with, and it was the same thing as when the U-Crops, when Kroger didn't get run out of town by the U-Crops. Mm-hmm. And I was like- Yeah, that's a Richmond mythology. Yeah. For people that don't know from Richmond, U-Crops is our local- uh, a grocery store and it was like amazing for such a long time and then they let Kroger come in town and, and yeah I mean and, and they ran out like nowhere would last Safeway came to Richmond got run out of town uh, the the uh, Hannaford's like you name it they came and, and they got boat raced by Ucrops and then Kroger was able to get a foothold and when they couldn't get rid of them I was like oh like maybe this is that was and the Ucrop family ended up selling it um, I think that when Vince went head, you know, the he, TNA, when they went head to head, Vince was like, okay, and brought out, you know, Brett and had Brett Hart come back for the first time in, yeah. you, you know, and, and he was able to just blow them out of the water. 
and was not able to do that with AEW. And I was like, oh, like that's a first, you know, like, like that's the first time that we've really seen any sort of weakness from Vince. And think too about this is the, and a lot of people don't realize this, but Vince McMahon created Survivor Series to fuck up Stargate. Like that's how petty you were talking about running people out of the water, you know, on Thanksgiving area and, and literally told the cable companies that if they carry Starcade, they couldn't carry his stuff, especially Survivor Series. So he made I, think they, I think he even said you wouldn't get the next year's WrestleMania. Yeah. So yeah, he's basically saying, Yeah, you can't get our pay-per-views, whichever they, they didn't have many at the time. WrestleMania. Did they have uh, I think Survivor they had Series I, and Summer no, I think it was just that in WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know, so this is what he does. He he runs people out of business. So it, it and again, this is a billionaire, it's a little bit harder, but he could have. He put a, he he tried, but NXT wasn't much resistance. I don't know if he underestimated or it remains to be seen how successful AEW will be, but it is successful, you know. So yeah, I think that's a good point of him kind of losing his fastball a little bit. Um, I, I argue that he probably shouldn't have taken himself off TV because he's the most compelling character, and they just did a whole bunch of ripoffs of the. Um, I mean, he should have come back periodically. They did. I really come back periodically, not what he was doing. They did a lot of, you know, raw general managers and people that were cheap ripoffs of Mr. McMahon or a heel or, or a face version like McFoley or Kurt Angle, which aren't compelling, but they still use the template. But without him, it doesn't feel as real because, you know, that's not really the boss. Who cares what Sonya Deville or what's that guy's name that does it now? Uh, Adam Scrap, Scrap Iron, Adam Pierce. Yeah, like, why, why do I care? Like, I know that's not really the guy you know jack tunney i really thought he was a guy because we didn't kayfabe we didn't know the events owned the company gorilla monsoon you had uh sergeant slaughter you had like authority figures i think that one thing that hurt with that was that he he, vince forgot the 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 beginnings of the characters that didn't start out with week one was not with austin mcmahon was not vince uh having concrete poured into his corvette yeah no it wasn't is that and you know like it was that god i love this i would love i and i love talking about this just because it's such a great character moment is when austin came out and vince was like you know we i I just want you to wear a suit and austin was like you know what i'll wear a suit fine and vince is such a and maybe this is who vince really was but it was such a dick move where he he's Austin's wearing a hat and Vince can't help but be like I'll take off your like he's it's it was like an Austin 316 hat it's a merchandise hat and he was like I like and he takes it off and throws in the crowd and Austin's like you know I like that hat like why'd you do that and then Vince gets on him because he's wearing uh combat boots and Austin's like well the shoes you got me were uncomfortable like again a reasonable complaint and Vince is like, oh, like you like white trash hillbilly. Like they're supposed to be, they're new. You got to break them in. And Austin's like, well, I didn't want to do that. And Vince, like, Vince can't let it go. And it's just such a dick that Austin is completely justified in doing what he did. And there was never that like beginning where Vince was like a petty dick. It was always like Roman or whoever, Cena or whoever it was. And, and why would Vince not like John Cena? Like that was what I never got about that aspect either it's like what about john cena would you not love if you were vince mcmahon 
Yeah, that's a good question. But it just didn't feel like, I don't know, it didn't feel organic when it was, you know, which is probably what you're saying. And I just didn't feel, and, and part of it too is with The Rock and Austin and even Shawn Michaels, which is like the last relevant. There's not the history there. There's mm-hmm. not the, there's not, the, the fact that he couldn't physically get in there and fight them anymore just didn't have the compelling aspect. You know, he and Shane fought uh, Sean and Triple H, I guess it was, and even Brett. That's when they started getting a little old. But once he couldn't physically get in there and they were proxies and he wouldn't even physically attack them anymore uh, it, it, with somebody else's help. So some of that, that was probably pretty, I don't think it would have been is great if Vince couldn't physically get in there with Austin. Um, I, and, and let me say, actually, one of the great things about Vince McMahon, the character, is that the guy was not afraid to look foolish and be and, and sort of show his ass and get beaten oh. up and, and look stupid or look foolish. And I think that that's one problem with Stephanie is that she never gets her comeuppance and until like there was the Rhonda thing like that worked but but even the like there was never like she never sort of sold it you never felt like there is reason for her to be embarrassed and Vince was completely willing you know like the the I'll always remember when Austin came out with a beer truck and yeah, Vince was, like doing the swimming yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so like, over the top or even the bedpan thing in the hospital just looking so humiliated and the bang thing when Austin had the gun and he looked like he was in peril and feared and he pissed his pants on screen yeah 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 so he was willing yeah he was definitely willing to be humiliated which I hated to kiss my ass club but like he ended up getting I think Rikishi or whatever and like he took he, he got humiliated as much as he humiliated other people yeah so, and, and there and he was always yeah i mean the the he wouldn't ask you to do something that you, they always said that he would not ask you to do something that he himself wouldn't do and granted some of the stuff that he himself would do was disgusting and reckless and dangerous but he was willing to do it even like what five three four years ago when he jumped up or he uh like kind of did the thing for gronk we got up on the little balcony and jumped. oh yeah did the, the trust fall thing like he's, yeah yeah he's in his 70s he's still willing to do that and and he, he took an aw show-stopping bump to show gronk how it was done aw man that would end a end a pay-per-view level uh pay-per-view oh. level show on tnt or tbs the the uh, and this is again like the match that he had with Austin in the in the cage match was it at, Valentine's Day Massacre? Is my memory good? I think it was. Yep, that. you're exactly right. February fourteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Into that match and the blood scenes too were pretty cool. Is that the match where he was like bleeding and he came up with the evil crimson mask? I can't. I don't know if it was that I, one or not. That maybe was, maybe. I think that was the. I feel uh, like it wasn't a cage for that because he came up out of the. I think know, that was X Seven with Shane. Okay. And, oh, really? okay. But when you look at so I mean that's another good example though, but the that cage was they retired that like the blue yeah, I think it was yeah. black for that, but because it really hurt like a motherfucker. And he uh and he was a guy who even then 
like I think he's 99, so he would have been, uh, you know, 54. Yeah, and that bump he took. Uh, yeah, where he, like, like threw the table. stage bump, basically, from the hell in the cell, you know? It's like, damn. And, and, you know, so there was an aspect, I mean, he really, like, I, I, I think that the other aspect that gets, you know, I think that his whole, like, the, the legendary, you know, he hated sneezing and he hated yawning and all that. Cigarettes was a big one. Yeah. Which is, I mean, funny to me because I think Pat Patterson's a huge smoker. Uh, yeah, I think they said he hid it or whatever. And uh, I, I think that he, like, your body needs sleep. Your body needs, uh, you, you know, I think that some of the stuff that he had was just like, like those shots to the head that he took were not, like, he, he didn't have to do it. And, and, but he, you know, he went out there. I feel like there was like three or four straight WrestleManias where he was going out there and like bl- doing blade jobs. Like he, I, I, like Shane, uh, did he wrestle at eight? I don't think you don't know if he wrestled in 18. He wrestled at one point at like 19 against Hogan, where I remember him just like Bloody. gushing blood. And it, it's, you know, I, I, I think that he's, the the last and, and one thing I do want to say is that uh, as critical as I was of him, like I'm not going to act like Tony Khan is much better. I mean, you know, I remember there was a point where like they were talking about AEW giving wrestlers health insurance. Yeah, that was the start of it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, no one kind of went away, right? Something yeah, and I mean, and, and, and there's a lot of stuff that. Uh, I think that like Vince McMahon, you know, like those guys weren't independent contractors. Oh yeah, and the business model is is predatory, and in a business that is shady and predatory, he, it, I guess, it was the corporatization of those practices. Whereas you got the old booker that might rip you off and not give you what you were supposed to get, and all the shady shit they do to wrestlers. It's one thing if you do it. And you do it on a small level. But when you're pushing these guys to 300 nights a week, like in the prime, in the 80s, you know, Hulk Hogan wrestling two shows and having A's and B shows and, and guys literally going out 300 nights a year. And the environment you create is an environment that encourages a, or low-key, medium-key to high-key requires anabolic steroid usage. That is a whole nother level. He amped every, when he took it national, he amped everything up. Whereas the territories, it was condensed and he supersized every problem with wrestling that there was. And he was ruthless enough to not give a fuck half the time. I mean, it's, he did not start giving guarantee. The first guy who signed a guarantee contract in the WWE was Mark Mara. Yeah, I remember (laughs) that. That's crazy, right? Yeah, and so if you didn't wrestle, you didn't get paid. I think that there was like, and even if you did wrestle, all you were guaranteed, I think, was like $100 a show or something like maybe $1,000 a show. And based on your card position and the draw, Vince would pay you based on that. And it's just like, that's a, a business model that does not lend itself to health. And I and and Vince was you know I don't think that he chose to give guarantee contracts. I think he did it because he didn't you know, he understood that he didn't have a choice. And even today, going, yeah, 
and, and even today with like the downside guarantee thing, it doesn't seem like a, you know, uh, a, so basically the way that I understand it is if you have a $250,000 downside guarantee and you make, because of, you know, royalties and all that, you make that by April and you get hurt and you're out for the rest of the year, all you're living on is residuals. Like you don't get any more. It's like, well, so, so the idea is, well, you'll make at least that much money for the year, but it's like, that's not you know, kind of how it should work. Like you should just have a regular paycheck that you get. And then there are, but I mean, I get why they do it like that as the benefit for the WWE, but it's things like the non-compete clauses like those have never held up. And the only reason why independent they contract, how can I, an independent contractor have a non-compete clause? It really is crazy. And, and Brock Lesnar challenged it. CM Punk challenged it. Uh, Alberto Del Rio challenged it. And all of them won. No, I mean, it was unenforceable. And, you know, obviously. Uh, I, I, I don't think we'll ever see somebody like Vince McMahon again. I am honestly curious uh, you talked about some of the lieutenants i would assume that some of the people uh that triple h you know i i you know who i think would have been a great creative person scott hall god rest his soul what is tony khan doing oh no is he giving another coked out promo he says harvey and dent is dead the joker took the best of us and tore him down now Batman's taking the rap to cover for Hargreaves' legacy, which means it's now time for Friday night. Is this a like a really pained Vince legacy reference? Well, I, I think that the Dark Knight, say, was... you know, he inspired me. Uh, blah blah blah. That's what he meant to the universe. Like, get it out before the story comes out. Like, everybody needs to get these tweets and these acknowledgments of how great he was out because whatever he did is gonna come <laughs> out and it's not gonna be okay to say it. Well, so that was another thing that Trevor Dame uh, posted. You know that Netflix was working on like... Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard about it a couple of weeks ago. They didn't cancel. Yeah, they were like, fuck this. I put a lot of money into it, evidently. They did. They had a lot of people saying wonderful things about Vince McMahon. And I would love to see that footage. Just love (laughs) to see like like Chris Hemsworth being like, oh, yeah, I love Vince McMahon. He's the best. He's my personal hero. (laughs) <laughs> and and you know, you know these people are calling like burn it and it 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 is it reminds me uh i think i've talked about this recently uh that that do you remember the bret hart dvd they didn't know five yeah and and, and yeah the uh, uh not only heels but they also made an ultimate warrior dvd in around a similar time period yeah and, and the ultimate warrior was involved and it was called the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior and it was two hours of wwe and like wrestlers of that era and current and then current wrestlers like being like yeah fuck the warrior he sucked and like bret hart found out that he was like they started to do the same thing for bret hart and then bret hart like got word of it and he was like yeah i'll i will participate and they showed bret the footage of everyone crapping on him and (laughs) bret hart is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time but i have to be honest with you footage of him I think you're breaking up. Snyder cut. Yeah, that that would be interesting to see. The <laughs> yeah, that would definitely be interesting. And the same thing with the Vince Man documentary. Even though nobody would let you uh, do that, let's wrap it up. And uh, so, what do you think? You know, tweet size or a couple sentences. What do you think Vince McMahon's legacy is 
turning the wrestling business into a national business and taking a regional promotion and turning it into a multinational worldwide media conglomerate. Yeah. I, I, I think I would say he's a creative, a troubled creative visionary with, and some people did say he had compassion, but in general, very little or very few scruples. Uh, old school 80s Dallas, Victor Newman, trying to think of a uh, Gordon Gecko type uh, drive that we used to believe that that's what great men did. But now that we examine it closely, we see how toxic these great men are. And I quote unquote, you know, I'm putting air quotes on great men. I think that he, yeah, I, I think that, and I always say this, but once you know that Vince McMahon grew up in a trailer park in Jim Crow, North Carolina. Yeah. Explains a lot. Yeah. Like an abusive father. Yeah. Physically, mentally. A mother that wasn't like super, when I've heard him talk about it, she didn't seem like she's like the greatest mother of all time. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, yeah, I, and he was, I think that he was <laughs> Vince was like you always say. I I remember hearing like whenever somebody's an asshole, you'll like be like ah like yeah like Vince is Vince. Um, I I think that he was a singular figure. I think that you can't like he is the defining figure of the last fifty years of pro wrestling. Like the the everything about it springs from Vince. Yeah, even even AEW is a reaction to him you know so almost everything they do they do because they're trying to do what trying to take the things he did well and the things they don't like that he did and and make them better or add it you know and so it's just you can't get away it's like you can't get away from chops in a wrestling match and rick flair Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're gonna hear the woos and you're gonna see chops you're not gonna you're never gonna be able to get away from the what vince built i think um you got anything you want to plug before we go no no just the uh the patreons for the group um five dollars a month to be an all-star is great uh subscribe to the ibn podcast network uh free rate and review give five stars everyone does great work um it's definitely worth listening to i think coming up so it should be pretty good evidently brock lesnar show thank god i was hoping they wouldn't cancel the damn main event oh, that's just a bummer i didn't even want to see it but that's just a bummer to have him hype a main event a guy not show up so evidently brock did show up for smackdown spoiler the, alert. i know you're west coast but the well i mean yeah i'm also like i can't believe him. brian alvarez was wrong oh yeah right the, the <laughs> great brian alvarez like no way he would be incorrect now granted he could have come back but I, 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 I there is some uh like Metzler, Mesler, I say Metzler, Mesler has been right before. And he's been wrong before, but Brian Alvarez, I feel like is fucking wrong all the time. I, I like, like, I, I think that Alvarez is like I, I am not. I tend to have similar taste in matches as Meltzer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that he is a very good writer. I think he would benefit from having an editor. Uh, I think that the things that annoy the shit out of me 
are more Alvarez stuff than Meltzer. And, uh, but I, I will be interested to see where the wrestling business goes. I don't expect to see, well, one last thing before we go, do you have any predictions for what happens? And if there's any changes, long-term, short-term? I just can't believe he's gone. I feel like my grandfather died or something, man. A very imperfect grandfather that was always around, you know? I, I can't believe it. I feel like it's a work. Like I, I mean, I know it's not, but I just feel like it. I don't know. I, I, I definitely think we're going to see some old heads. I, for some reason, Eric Bischoff's name keeps going in my head. But I, I, just, I don't know what her relationship was like. Well, no, they did work together because he kissed her. And mm-hmm. he's, he's never had anything to say but positive things about Stephanie. I don't know if I, I say he. I don't know if he would take. He would take it if they fucking gave him what he wanted to a degree, um, and she probably respected more than than Vince did. Um, but I think we're gonna see people get and and she saw his her father and her father had a revolving door of people around him that left, got fired, left angry, and came back. You were never out of his good graces forever. Um, so I think you're going to see some of that. You could see, I mean, I, I think you could see something like Shawn Michaels coming on to the creative team of the uh, uh, of, of one of the shows or just their main shows. And it's like they do a collaborative creative team now, which is really stupid. You should have do two different creative teams. You're going to have 20 some writers, if not more. Um, so I think we're going to see that. I think she's going to try to lean. She's smart. So I think she's going to lean on experienced people. Um, Maybe you see the people like the road dog come back or, you know, I think you're going to see some retreads because it's going to be people that she knows can do the job and she knows all the eyes are on her. You'll probably see Shane come back in some capacity. I think your sister is much, much more willing to forgive you than your dad is when you do something stupid. So I think because he was a mess with a real Rumble. So I think that's what we'll see in the immediate future. God knows after that, just watch out for that con dude, man. I think he's trying to take everything. I think he's trying to take it over, baby. So the you know like the joke about that uh, he and the Rock were friends, and that like the Rock Triple H feud. Yeah, yeah. Like that this has all just been a long con by Dwayne Johnson, and which like cracks me up. But yeah, it's it'll be interesting. All right, thanks so much for doing the show, Sam. This has been a presentation by Abbey Network, just an emergency Vince McMahon podcast. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Thank you, everybody.